Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. I'm Clark Cowden, your host for the show, and glad that you've joined me again for our message for this week. We're continuing in a series called The Journey, where we're looking at the life of Moses, and today we're talking about some of life's defining moments. Uh, each one of us has certain events or certain people that we run into in our lives who have a significant impact on us and who change the direction and the course of our lives. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some of the defining moments in Moses' life and see how those speak into our lives today and what we can learn from these moments and how we can grow through them to become the people that God has called us to be. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message about life's defining moments. Two days ago was the 19th anniversary of the attacks of 9-11. 9-11 was one of those defining moments for our country. It has had a huge impact on our psyche as a nation. It has affected us emotionally. It has changed how many people view the world. It has impacted our sense of security, the steps we have taken to keep our nation safe, and the lengths we have been willing to go to to protect ourselves. A group of researchers from Columbia University in the state of New York conducted surveys of people who lost loved ones on 9-11. Most of the people they surveyed said that their religion was just as important after 9-11 as it was before. 10% of the people said their religion became more important to them after the attacks. And 10% of the people said their religion became less important, or they became disillusioned, or they walked away from their faith. People who said their faith became less important to them after the attacks were more likely to experience complicated grief, major depression, and develop PTSD. What have been the biggest defining moments of your life? Was it a marriage, the birth of a child, or the death of a loved one? Was it starting a new job, moving to a new city, or coming down with an illness? Sometimes when we look back on our lives, we recognize a few events or people who significantly altered who we have become or the course our lives have taken. But do you also recognize the hand of God at work in the defining moments of your life? Today, we're going to look at three defining moments in the life of Moses and how God was at work to shape who he was and change the direction his life headed. God continues to alter our character and our lives today in the same ways he did with Moses some 3,500 years ago. Three defining moments for Moses were the crisis, the crucible, and the call. First is the crisis. 
Last Sunday, we talked about the birth of Moses. The story in Exodus 2 then jumps from the birth of Moses to his midlife crisis at the age of 40. It doesn't tell us anything about what happened during those first 40 years of his life. But when he is 40, Exodus 2, 11 to 15 says this. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. Man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. This crisis was a defining moment for Moses, which drastically changed the course of his life. Moses had grown up in the palace of the Pharaoh. He had money. He had education. He had privilege. He had opportunity. He had power. He was part of society's upper 1%. He had access to resources most people could only dream of. But he also had this sense that he was really Hebrew and not Egyptian. Verse 11 tells us that he saw how hard his people were being forced to work. I think he had this growing sense that this was unfair. I think he was developing a sense of justice, that the wrongs against his minority people needed to be righted, and he needed to do something about it. So when he thinks no one is looking, he murders the Egyptian who was beating his fellow Hebrew. His heart was in the right place, but he responded in the wrong way. I think this is similar to what we see in our society today. Today, we see people who are fed up with the mistreatment that black people have had to endure for a very long time. And it doesn't feel to them like it ever gets any better. Like Moses, their sense of justice is correct. And like Moses, sometimes their anger gets the best of them and they don't respond to the injustice in the right ways. So when Moses then tried to correct this injustice, the person won't listen to him because he knows Moses had killed a man. Moses had lost his credibility. His secret had been found out. He knows Pharaoh will come after him when he hears what he did. So to save his own skin, he has to leave the country. 
He becomes a fugitive from justice, and he runs away to the land of Midian. This was a defining moment that changed the course of his life. Moses' second defining moment is what I am calling the crucible. A crucible is a container in which metals or other substances are subjected to very high temperatures in order to melt them or alter their contents. Moses will spend the next 40 years of his life in the hot desert of the Middle East, where God will melt him and reshape the content of his character. In Exodus 2, 15 to 22, it says this. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. Some other shepherds came and chased them away. But Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation and he settled there with them. In time, Ruel gave Moses his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. Later, she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershon, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Moses had been forced to run away from the only country he had ever lived in, the only people he had ever known, and the only place he had ever called home. He was now in a place where he was lonely. He had no friends. He had no job. He was emotionally and spiritually lost. He had lost all of his money and his position in society. He had murdered someone, and he knew he could never go back. Moses had hit rock bottom. He probably thought his life was over and that he would never recover. He probably thought he would never be able to overcome what he had done in the past. He could never show his face in public again. Fortunately, God leads him to some shepherds who extend grace to him. He rescues some girls and serves them by watering their flocks. He humbled himself and they invited him to live with them. He got married and started a family. But in verse 22, he still feels like a foreigner in a foreign land. As a Hebrew in Egypt, he didn't feel like he fit in there. Now living with shepherds in the desert, he doesn't feel like he fits in there. Do you know what that's like? Do you know what it's like to be in a group of people where you don't feel like you fit in? I have known that feeling many times, and Moses did too. 
Moses' 40 years in the desert would become a defining moment in his life. It would become a crucible where God would turn up the heat in the desert to sand off the rough edges of Moses' character. It was not a quick and easy process. It would be a painful 40 years of the Holy Spirit reshaping Moses and preparing him for the most important chapter of his life. Moses had no idea of what God was getting him ready for. He may have been unaware of God's work in his life. But I think that's true for a lot of us. I think we are often unaware of how God is changing us and preparing us for something new he wants us to do. This was the second defining moment of Moses' life. The third defining moment of Moses' life was the call. Exodus 3, 1 to 10 says this. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. This was another defining moment in Moses' life. One he would never forget. At 80 years old, God was calling Moses to a new mission. But Moses doesn't jump at the chance. Moses isn't ready to get back into the game. He's scared. He lacks confidence. He's nervous. If you read on in the story, you will see that Moses argues with God. He gives God every reason he can think of for why he is not the man for the job. He asks God, who am I? I'm a nobody. I don't know your name. I don't know what to say. I am not a good speaker. I don't know what to do. 
he really doesn't want to do what God is calling him to do. He is a reluctant leader. Moses has been humbled and humiliated. He lacked confidence. He was not a good communicator. He was used to being around animals, not people. His relational skills were rusty. He was afraid of failing again. He didn't think he was strong enough, talented enough, or smart enough. In other words, he was right where God wanted him. God believed in Moses more than Moses did. In reading the story, you get the sense that God had to talk Moses into accepting his new call. Some people are extroverts who love being around people. That was not Moses. Some people are adventurers and entrepreneurs. They like taking risks and trying new things. That was not Moses. Some people just seem to always be brimming with confidence and are not afraid of anything. That was not Moses. Moses had become a quiet shepherd in the desert. He was 80 years old. He hadn't planned on any more major life changes. He was going to quietly retire. But God had other plans. Like Moses, I think all of us have failed at something in life. Some of us have done it more publicly and others have done it more privately. Some fail in big ways, some fail in small ways, but we've all failed. Sometimes God needs to send us out into the desert for some character reconfiguration. Like Moses, the danger is when you experience success before your character has been sufficiently formed. People who lack a strong moral character can blow their early success and lose all the advantages they have gained. But the good news of the gospel, the good news of the story of Moses, is that there is no failure that is so big you cannot come back from it. Your worst moment is not your defining moment. You are not limited by your past. When God is at work in your life, you can overcome the mistakes of your past. You don't have to suffer from them for the rest of your life. Jesus Christ can take whatever you have done and use it to transform your life into something God can use. God doesn't decide to stop using us because we make mistakes. God doesn't discard us because we sin. God uses our sins to teach us the lessons we need to learn. He uses them to reshape our character from something negative into something positive. As long as you are still alive, it's never too late to give your life to Christ and turn things around. Even when you think your collapse has been too big, your failures too final, or your problems too public, God comes along and says, it's time to get off the bench. 
I'm putting you back in the game. So what have been the defining moments in your life? For Moses, it was the crisis, the crucible, and the call. When you look back on your life, can you see the hand of God at work in you? God is always working in you, even when you can't see it. And even when our defining moments are hard, God can always turn them upside down and use them for his glory and for some good purpose in this world. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.